This Marketplace podcast is supported by Checkpoint Software Technologies, the leader in securing the Internet. Checkpoint Capsule secures mobility. It protects mobile users from threats everywhere they go. Learn more at Checkpoint.com slash Capsule. Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. Deadline? What deadline? Congress takes its sweet old time passing a spending bill. We'll do cheap gas as a tax cut, and we'll talk about conflict minerals coming out of the Congo. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. In Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdahl. Great to have you here on this Thursday, everybody. It's the 11th of December today. So listen, do you remember how I said yesterday Congress had left it until the last minute to agree on a spending bill? Yeah, well, joke's on me on that one. Lawmakers are still unable to agree on what the federal budget ought to be for the rest of this fiscal year. There have been recesses and delays and postponements today with Democrats and Republicans in the House tangling over two of the most contentious provisions of that 1,603-page bill. One of them would raise limits on financial contributions to political parties. That one is relatively straightforward. But the other one? Yeah, well, let's just say it's not. It would repeal Section 716 of the Dodd-Frank Act, the official title of which is Prohibition Against Federal Government Bailouts of Swaps Entities, but which has come to be called in the vernacular the Swaps Pushout, because it would push some of the riskiest swaps, that is derivatives, basically, really risky trades, out of the parts of banks that are backed by the FDIC, the insurance that protects your savings account. Marketplace's Stan Alcorn has our primer on this whole thing. After the financial crisis, derivatives were the financial weapons of mass destruction that nearly brought down our economy. The push-out rule was proposed to put all those nuclear warheads a safe distance from our checking accounts. Mike Consul is a fellow at the Roosevelt Institute. The very first draft basically removed all derivatives. But the big banks hated the idea. Not surprising, because they control the marketplace. And it is a big marketplace, according to Michael Greenberger, professor of law at the University of Maryland. This market is a several hundred trillion dollar worldwide market. But it wasn't just the self-interested banks. Even regulators like the FDIC's Sheila Baer and the Fed's Ben Bernanke gave it the thumbs down. Mike Consult says the rule that passed was massively scaled back. We're really talking about a very narrow and small set of the market that tends to be the most risky. Low-risk standardized swaps that farmers use to hedge their risks are allowed. Pushed out are the kind of credit default swaps that took down insurer AIG. Rolling back that regulation would mean more of those potentially toxic swaps would be held by the potentially too-big-to-fail banks. But supporters of the rollback, like Aaron Klein at the Bipartisan Policy Center, worry about the smaller hedge funds and bank subsidiaries where those swaps will be pushed to. It's not only size, it's interconnectedness. That interconnectedness means that even derivatives that aren't at the big banks could endanger the financial system. In New York, I'm Stan Alcorn for Marketplace. $59.73 is the macroeconomic number of the day today. It's the price of a barrel of oil at the close in New York this afternoon. The drop in crude, as you know, has led to a corresponding fall at the pump. A gallon of regular right now, as a national average, costs $2.62. So, all that money that we're not spending on gas, is it actually just as good as a tax cut, as a whole lot of people are saying? Sally Herships has that story. First of all, how much does the savings we're seeing on our individual credit card bills all add up to? For gas, I mean. 
each of those barrels is costing about uh, $50 in very round numbers. So that's $500 million a day. Jeffrey Hill teaches economics at Columbia Business School. He says what we're not spending on gas adds up to hundreds of billions of dollars. But will it act as an economic stimulus? Yeah, they will, definitely. Um, They're giving consumers significantly more spending power. But before you put New Pony and Castle on your Christmas list, Kent Smetters, who teaches business economics at Wharton, says consumers aren't planning on spending all of that. They have a little bit more money at the same time their investment's doing a little less well, and so they don't necessarily feel that much richer. Smetter says low gas prices could have a negative impact on the stock market, shares of oil-producing companies might go down, and as a result, so would our retirement funds, which puts us in the mood to save. Scott Wren is a senior equity strategist with Wells Fargo Advisors. He says we have seen low gas prices act as a stimulus in the past, but that was then...